Welcome to the Sharkpreneur Podcast with Kevin Harrington and Seth Green. Kevin Harrington is the inventor of the infomercial, one of the original sharks from the hit TV show Shark Tank, and has generated over $5 billion in TV and digital direct response sales. Seth Green is the world's first trusted authority on cutting-edge direct response marketing, a best-selling author, and the only three-time Marketer of the Year nominee. On the podcast, Kevin and Seth interview sharkpreneurs who share straight talk on what it takes to explode your business. Why do so many businesses struggle while others seem to explode overnight? Do you wish you had the secret to this type of exponential growth? Now, I've scaled more than 20 businesses to over $100 million, and it's not just luck. In my new book with Mark Tim, Mentor to Millions, you'll learn the repeatable framework I use in all my business ventures for massive success. Order at KevinMentor.com and get over $1,000 in bonuses. Head to KevinMentor.com. Welcome to the podcast. This is your co-host, Seth Green. Today, I have the good fortune to be joined by Tim Kellis from happyrelationships.com. Tim, I know you didn't start out as a marital expert. Let's go back in time. Thanks for joining the show. How'd you get started? Seth, hey, first of all, thank you very much for uh, letting me appear on your show. I really appreciate you uh, giving me the opportunity to chat, but um, that's actually a great question. As, As it turns out, I do not have a psychology background. I actually have an engineering degree and an MBA, and I was actually the first semiconductor analyst on Wall Street to focus on the communications market. But the other part of my story, (laughs) when I was 12 years old, I told my mom I wanted to be a Catholic priest. (laughs) And then then I discovered girls, so that whole career path got got derailed. But the point is, is my whole Wall Street career, at the height of the market, I met this girl that I thought I was gonna spend the rest of my life with. In fact, we'd known each other for about eight years, she had always had a boyfriend. I always had a girlfriend, but we got together uh, where neither of us were dating. And it was just, you know, if you've ever fallen in love, you know, it happens very quickly. You know, we, we were just, it, it, we did happen quickly. I mean, we fell in love and thought we were going to spend the rest of our lives together. And then we started fighting. And then quite honestly, when we went to the marriage therapist and I realized the marriage therapist wasn't helping. And I know I just, just summarized a, a very long story, a very short time frame, but it was the pain of that relationship not working out, but more importantly, realizing that there's not a lot of real good help out there. I mean, men and women are not from this, from different planets, for example. I mean, there's, when you realize the message that you get, I've, I've, I've read over two dozen relationship books and they're, they're very interesting to read and I'm not meeting that as a compliment. So uh, I decided I was gonna take on the issue myself. So I, I, I basically have addressed the issue as you would assume a Wall Street analyst would very analytical. Okay, so let's dive a little bit deeper into that. What do you think are some of the biggest mistakes that couples are making now that are leading so many marriages to end in divorce? Well, let me let me let me start off. Let me talk about the solution, and then that answer to that question against that backdrop. Because once you know what the solution is, then it makes everything make sense. So when I say I've solved the marriage problem, the solution to the is, is that okay, Seth? Go for it. When I say I've solved the marriage problem, the solution to the marriage problem is equality. One of the things that an engineer is trained to do is to to look at what has changed to cause a problem. And if you look at our culture of divorce, before the 60s, 
it was it was single digits and, and it was defined the man was in charge the man was responsible for the logical side of the relationship the man made the money the woman was subordinate she was responsible for the emotional side she raised the kids and she was responsible for the environment of the house that was the defined structure of the way the marriages existed until the 50s and just so you know that existed has existed for thousands of years it's patriarchy supported by the church first page of the bible the wife will obey her husband so and so what has changed in 1970 less than one percent of all law and medical degrees went to women by 1990 that number was over half so women are now just as educated as men are and so they're no longer subordinate to their husbands so they're questioning their subordinate role and so the point is is the answer to your question is if you were to canvas unsuccessful marriages in relation in unsuccessful marriages I won't say 100% of them, but I'll say pretty close to 100% of them, the problem is control. Okay, so you've defined the problem as control. Right. Then uh, tell me how you've solved it. So the issue is conflict resolution. The reason why relationships work is because couples get along. The reason why relationships don't work is because couples don't get along. It's that simple. And so what I do, in fact, the first thing that I do is very important to understand before I discuss what I'm about to discuss, it's life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. When most people read that line, they see the pursuit of happiness. But I, I break down life and liberty. Life is morality. Taught to us by the church. Every life is sacred. And when it comes to relationships, morality is empathy or understanding your partner's feelings. Liberty is equality. Taught to us by our, our government equal and in relationships equality is respect or understanding your partner's thoughts so in fact did, did you ever read to kill a mockingbird when you were a kid uh many times okay so there's one line in that book that changed my life and that line was if you want to understand a man you have to walk in his shoes i live that every day so that's the backdrop so when you understand conflict resolution there's two types of conflict one is a disagreement so you and I become business partners, Seth, and, and, and I'm the accountant and you want to buy a $5,000 computer and we can't afford it. Okay, so now we have a conflict. That's a disagreement. But think about how you and I would answer that logically. You would understand my side. I would understand your side. A disagreement is a problem solving. It's logical and it's forward looking. Then what I do is I get into the arguments, obviously, because, you know, relationships are more emotional than you're in my business partnership. We have an emotional relationship as business partners, but obviously it's much more profound in, in, a, in, a, relation, in, a, in a marriage. So that's why there's more emotional components to conflicts. And so you, then you get into arguments. And what I do is I break arguments down into their component parts. There's a process, and this is the real breakthrough step. This is when it gives us clarity to the psychological component of a marriage. So it turns out that we go through a mental process that leads to an argument. It starts off with an insecurity, fear and anxiety. Your parents got divorced, for example. Okay, so now you bring that fear into your marriage. You're afraid of your marriage getting ending because your parents did. That then leads to a prejudice. This is one of my big breakthroughs. It turns out our mental problems are prejudices. So now I have a preconceived opinion about marriage based on my parents' marriage. And that's then what leads to me becoming judgmental which then leads to me being angry. So the point is, is what I do is I connect the dots between fear and anger. Okay, so you, you come home late for work and your wife gets mad at you. 
Think about this process. Think about how this would, would play out. You get home. Now, the caveat is you weren't out drinking with your buddies. You were, in fact, at, at 5 o'clock, you got that call at the office. You just didn't think about calling your wife, and you get home, and she got mad at you. Think about the natural response. It's fight or flight, right? You're either going to defend yourself, and you might respond angrily, well, or you just flee. You don't respond at all. But the point is, well, this is a big thing that I teach. It took me years to figure this out. She did not get mad at you because you came home late from work. This is the question that I ask myself. You're not really doing something wrong when you come home late from work. There's really no answer to that. But you still get in trouble. How do you solve that problem? This is the problem that I solve. How do you solve that problem? And the reality is, is it's fear. She's afraid of abandonment. She's low self-esteem issues. Mom and dad got divorced. Now you understand it's a background. There's a fear under the only reason why I can comfortably and confidently tell anybody that I have solved the marriage problem is because I forgave my parents when I was 25 years old. Okay, that turns out to be the first step in the maturity process. Let me just end it this, let's so we go dialogue. But the point is, is what I'm doing is I'm connecting the dots between fear and anger. So when she gets mad at you, if you could just learn to turn the conversation back towards her, honey, you know, I love you. What are you afraid of? You know, I mean, I didn't do it. You know, I, I didn't do it on purpose. I didn't think of it ahead of time. And then it turns to conversation. Now you get into the psychological component of the marriage. And naturally, and then you learn to grow together as a couple. Okay, so that was a whole lot in that answer. Yes. We're gonna back yes. up and unpack yes. that. Okay. So I'm not sure I heard you correctly. First, you said the marriage problem was control. Then you said the solution was equality. Then you talked about fear and anger. Um, let's go back to the beginning. Why is the marriage problem control? What you real? This is what I'm talking about. This is where the insecurity manifests itself in control. Anger is a control mechanism. I'm trying to force my will onto you without you agreeing to me. Okay, and so that's where this is. This is the we have a lot of people who it's the age of individuality. We used to be defined by the group that we're, we're in, the, the school you grew, you know, the, the town you grew up in, the church you belong to. In fact, have you ever heard of Carl Jung? Of course. Okay, so 20% of my book is a summary of his autobiography. For your listeners who have not heard of him, Carl Jung was 19 years younger than Freud. Freud looked up, up, to, up to him so much he considered him not only his heir apparent, but his son. And we know that Freud's foundation is that sex motivates us. It's not true, but that's what Freud said, and it's still the foundation of the industry today. And so they had their famous uh, split in 1912. And Jung went much further than Freud did in discovering how the mind works. One of my objectives is to ultimately replace uh, Freud with Jung. And Jung talks about the, this is one of his great conclusions is we're now into the age of, he called individuation or individuality. We are all trying to figure out how to become individuals and we've not figured that out yet. This is one of the things that I'm helping people understand. And so when people don't understand the motive, the fear of motivating their, their, their thought process, they're projecting those fears onto their partner. They're trying to control their partner to comply subjectively to what they perceive is their reality when re in reality it's fear-based. Fear and love cannot coexist in the same room. You cannot do both at the same time. When you're fearful, you're not in a loving, and just think about the last time you had an argument. You were not in that loving mindset when you were arguing with your partner. So that's where that's how psychologically control, in fact, what Freud, what Jung did when Freud and him had their breakup 
is he also studied, and if you've not studied psychology, you ever heard of Alfred Adler? Yes. Okay, so Alfred Adler actually was the guy that came up with the power mechanism. And so the way Jung describes the, the, the correlation between sex and power, he refers to it as two sons from a dissident, or two dissident sons from the same father. There's the same underlying psychological motivation behind the way that people insecurely um, manage or, or control sex in their relationship and the way they control power in the relationship. They're actually offsetting with each other. In fact, the way Jung describes it is one succumbs to the drive, the other tries to control the drive. That's the way those two are manifested in, 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 in mentally in loving marriages and loving relationships. So that's why it's so important to understand the psychological uh, uh, component behind the need to control. You can't just tell somebody, just don't control each other because that doesn't work. Okay, so you, in your opinion, you've defined the marital problem, the marriage problem as control. Yes. One person trying to get the other person to conform to their theory of how they should act. Right. How is equality the solution to that? Where there are no fears, there are no distinctions. Perfect equality affords no temptation for abuse or control. This is the breakthrough moment when couples understand what I just quoted you. The light bulb goes on that they're in a partnership, that they're in a partnership where both sides have an equal say in any conflict in the partnership. And just, again, same thing that you and I are business partners. I can't tell you what to do. You can't tell what, it's the same exact psychological component. But we're, we're not talking about whatever our business is in. They're talking about developing a concept called love. When you meet somebody, you develop this emotional bond between each other called love. And the mind is never stagnant. The mind is either going to grow or shrink. Arguments, I call it death by a thousand swords. When you're arguing, you're shrinking that component of love that cr was created so beautifully at the very beginning. And when somebody says, I love you, but I'm not in love with you, they're saying all of those emotions are now completely gone, but we live together, we have the same checking account, we have kids together, the logical partnership's there, but the emotional one is gone. Okay, so, so if we're equal, that I don't, I don't see how that solves the problem. If we consider each other equal and it's 50 50 for example which is what equal would be that doesn't mean that our opinions aren't going to differ it doesn't mean that all my own personal baggage goes away it doesn't mean that i'm still not going to react to something she did because i'm really remembering something my dad did 20 years right. ago right how, how does equality solve the problem because let's let's assume that we don't think we're equal how does solving that solve the problem well first off it's important to understand what equality is <laughs> So what equality is, in fact, the way, the way I describe this, this is when my nerd side comes out, is the partnership between Bill Gates and Paul Allen, okay? The two co-founders of Microsoft. So Paul Allen, very unkept beard, engineer, in fact, not that money buys you happiness, but he just died recently with worth tens of billions of dollars, never got married, I think he lived with his mom. In fact, he's the engineer. Bill Gates was the sales guy. So how's the sales guy going to sell something unless he knows what the engineer is developing? And how's the engineer going to develop something unless he knows what the customer wants they need to communicate? But more importantly, 
they each have their own set of skills. That's the partnership. If they become the same person, this is the problem people get at when they think about equality is the same person. That is absolutely not the case. That's It's the exact opposite of that. In fact, this is when you get into understanding the differences, appreciating the differences, relying when, what are the, in fact, this is this comes up a lot because I get in a lot of clubhouse rooms and it's a biblical perspective, and it talks about wives being submissive to their husband. This comes up quite a bit in conversation. And the way I explain it is what you're what the Bible is missing is the second half. The first half is yeah, wives are supposed to be submissive to their husband's skills, but it's also supposed to say, and the husbands are also supposed to be submissive to their wives' skills. And when you understand it from that perspective, that's how equality is. That, that's, that's equality. And that's the partnership. Okay. So we're, I am submissive to her skills. She is submissive to my skills. How does that change how we relate? How does that solve the marital conflict problem, the fear and anger problem? You learn not to argue. That's all I'm doing. I'm eliminating arguments from the, from the marriage. That's it. Okay. That would, that, obviously, that's phenomenal. So how do you do that? Logically, you you have been married. You do realize that, that that everyone isn't always logical, right? <laughs> Not until they learn to be. This is my okay, this is my. my I, I assume that you have a in your course in your sir your you have a process. I, <laughs> I have I have two. Listen, to, this is how deep it gets, Seth. You'll like this. I have two sections in my book, both focused on thinking. I actually have the history of education in my book. And I don't know, did you ever, have you ever heard of William James? No. Okay, William James in the psychology industry is actually considered the father of psychology. He predates Freud and Young. He's the guy who invited Freud and Young to their famous trip to the United States in 1907. And, and, and William James's entire concept is that the mind thinks because it's common sense to think that the mind thinks. The problem with the psychology industry, that's why there's no logical solution to marriage yet. The psychology industry is still based on the biology theory, which states that we're animals incapable of thinking and only have an emotional side. That's why your emotional questions are coming up, because whenever you study anything in the public domain, it's all emotionally based. They've never addressed it logically before, because they don't believe that we as their clients can are able to think that we're not logical. This is the whole weird uh, foundation of the psychology industry that they still follow today. In fact, there's a book called The Mind and the Brain. That's the smoking gun in the psychology industry. It finally, for the first time, scientifically speaking, refutes the brain controls the mind. Instead, proves scientifically that the mind controls the brain. The very first thing it says in the jacket is conventional science has long held the belief that the mind is nothing but a reaction to chemicals in the brain. We all know that. We've heard of serotonin and dopamine. We all understand a, a neuron and synapse. We've been trained biologically by the psychology industry. We've not been trained psychologically by the psychology industry yet. That is in essence what I am doing, is I'm teaching. And when, when this light bulb goes on in couples, they realize it. And it's a, it's a, it's a it, what's so funny is the shift is very small, but it's a monumental change in path when they don't argue in their relationships. That is the goal is to create a relationships where there's no arguments. You're, you're working together. Then you learn to take on the world instead of taking on each other. And that is the shift. That is fascinating. For We know your time is incredibly valuable. We greatly appreciate you sharing some of it with us. For our viewers and our listeners who want to learn more, where is the best place for them to go? 
Well, the best thing is email. My email address is my name, Tim Kellis, K-E-L-L-I-S, at, and you said the domain name, Happy Relationships, that's plural, Tim Kellis at happyrelationships.com. The other thing they could do, I've actually started a, 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 the marriage support group is the name of the group on Facebook. In the last month, I've had over a thousand new members uh, to my group, but they can go to the marriage support group every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I host a clubhouse room so they can go on clubhouse and follow me on clubhouse. But the best way is just to send me an email, Tim Kellis at happyrelationships.com. Awesome. Well, this has been Seth Green for Sharkpreneur with Tim Kellis of happyrelationships.com. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, Seth, again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thanks everybody for watching or listening. We'll see you next time. Do you need money to fund your idea, product, or service? Are you ready to take your business to the next level, but need capital to get it done? Kevin Harrington has heard more than 50,000 pitches and knows how to help you make the perfect pitch to get the funding for your entrepreneurial dream. He's distilled the process down in his perfect pitch cheat sheet, and it's yours for free. Just text PITCH to him right now at 727-888-2100. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 right now and claim your free perfect pitch cheat sheet. Text PITCH to 727-888-2100 to start funding your dream today. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>